As always, this is Tony, and with me today are the following players. Hi, this is Bethany, and I'm playing Belinda Walsingham, the half-elf awakened mystic. Hi, this is Adam, and I will be playing Akiva Khonshu, the Shadar Kai Hexblade Warlock. Hi, I'm Jane, and I'm playing Nissa Turin, the gnome arcane trickster rogue. Hi, I'm Mike, and I'm playing Scribner Shannon Whitecliff, the human rogue fighter. Next week, we'll be Sharp and Quill, Episode 7. Join us now for Sharp and Quill, Episode 6. This seems very petty. Last time, as Sharp and Quill continue to help several other partygoers and members of staff, Fabian reveals to Scriv that there are devilish machinations at play, particularly in regards to the Zamyar. Recovering a few scrolls and the blackmail from Fabian's office, Belinda starts to use her powers in order to explore Fabian's memories and attempts to collect more information. Zolus actually takes you to, like this doorway that's a little kind of tucked away and you are actually climbing one of the towers by the Ashglade wing. And as you kind of get towards the top, it arrives at this balcony, but you see he kind of like doesn't go through the door, but he pushes up on this part of the ceiling that seems to inch up and he's kind of like holds a hand for you guys to hop up there. Okay. Hop up. Puts you up and you find yourself in this like kind of almost attic place some cobwebs it's not really particularly clean area but there is an open window with a small little ledge and he kind of like hops over and like sits on the ledge as you are hundreds of feet off the ground and he just kind of like looks out and just goes i used to come up here as a kid when i found it Darwin and i not many people know about it but come on you wanted to talk quietly and look at a couple of things all right i pull out the sealed envelope the blackened scrolls Nissa, can you check this to make sure it's not, like, enchanted to burn up if I open it or something? I can try and check it over. Best is an investigation check. 26. So as far as the Blackened Scrolls go, there are a few arcane runes that you notice as you kind of brush it over. Bits of the Blackened material actually kind of fall away. Not all of it, but it seems like some of it's meant to disguise some of the runes along the back of the parchment. Make an arcana check, Nissa. Nine. As far as you can tell, no, this isn't going to like blow up or anything, but you're not really sure what those runes do. They're also not any runes that you've ever seen before, you don't think? So we'll leave that aside. It may be trapped. We can check it later. The envelope is not trapped. There are no runes on it. It's just, it seems like it's burned shut. You just have to tear it open. Sure. Tear it open. It is a extremely worn looking document. You also notice from initial inspection, there's like bits of pages missing, blackened edges of it, like it's been burnt, but unfolding it, it looks like a document stating the arrest of a Darwin Nathandom and Oliver Ashglade. And you see a couple other names on the list that you don't recognize. Okay. Since you're keeping that investigation check of 26, as you look over the document, Nissa, you notice... This isn't an original. This is a fake. This is a forgery. Which, considering what you looked at the desk, he doesn't have an original. 
The only thing real about this document is his signature. Okay, so there's two options. One, the actual document doesn't exist because it's been so long. Or two, someone duped Malord into paying a ton of money for a piece of paper that doesn't really work. Please let it be that somebody duped him for a lot of money. Guys, is that about us getting arrested? It is. Yeah. Darwin told you about that? Oh, man. Apparently, his pops was using his blackmail, and I handed over to Zolos. No, this isn't the paper at all. Oh, you know the paper? There actually was an official document? No, like, there wasn't a real arrest. What? Wait, what? Yes, we got arrested. But town had no authority. Wait, the way that Darvin told it, his pops bailed him out. Yeah. Yeah, and he did. But I'm pretty sure his pops put people up to it in the first place. So his father was framing him for a crime. So I think this paperwork is just to show Darvin that his dad framed him for a crime. I think he knows this is fake. Okay. I mean, I'm not surprised his dad's a dirtbag. Let's go uh, head back to the rest of the party. I'd like to pull on the eerie. As you guys head back to the Great Hall, Belinda and Akiva, you hear over the earring. We got the letter. It's a fake. Darwin is safe. Oh, update. We already talked to the queen. It's not a problem anyways. Yeah, she's on Darwin's side. Let's talk over dinner. So you guys all reconvene for the third course. There's various kinds of tarts and custard. There's some cookies, champagne, and tea for all those who would wish to have it. Is the marzipan out? The marzipan has been mostly repaired. You all can tell where there's the issues, but it at least looks a lot closer to King Rain than it did. I will say by this point also, since you guys are arriving mid-third course, the music is increasing in volume, and you notice some people are starting to get up and dance. I would like to activate telepathy. Opening telepathy. Do we want to stay here? Because it's only a matter of time before Lord Nathanum realizes we stole everything in his secret locker. Wait, quick pause. So what? Yeah. What? We, you literally just said, hey, there was something. Go steal it. There are some weird arcane black scrolls that he had that he was trying to get me to sign. And he was promising, like, power infinite and as much money as I wanted. It sounded like a bad deal. I'd like to stay for an hour if he's in the room. He is in the room now, by the way. By the time you guys all reconvene, he has changed and... It's not as fancy of an outfit as he had on before, which was made specifically for the ball, but it will do. And you can maintain within 30 feet if you want. Okay. So after that's done, I think we should leave as soon as possible. Well, you have explained nothing to us besides that there are scrolls. So what happened? Okay. So we talked about artifacts for a bit and then... I, I shared with him some, like, cocktail gossip that he could use to show off to his rich friends. And then I just alluded to, oh, sometimes I pocket some things. And I flashed the Veripol amulet that I'm wearing. Because, you know, the last time that we left it, someone tried to steal it. And he was just goo-goo-eyed over it. That was not part of the plan. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter because he knows about the time period already, calling it the Age of Silence. Go on. By about this point, one of the women who had joked about Scriv earlier comes up and he goes, Oh, good sir, would you care to join me for a dance? I would love to, and I'll take her arm. Roll persuasion. 19. She seems resistant at first, but to save face, she goes with it. Film me later. I mean, hopefully he's in telepathic range. What's the range on that anyways? It's like 120. Oh, okay, never mind. 
but you probably won't be able to chat as fluently, but you can listen because you got to um, actually do the dance. On top of that, Akiva, make an intelligence check. 18. Akiva does remarkably well in remembering the specific moves and the timing he needs. Blood is thinking, oh, I'm so glad we did those lessons. They're really paying off. <laughs> do you remember why I told you about when I first saw the amulet, the first time I tried to recover it? No. Yes. I was leading down a group of students, one of them being Gorvanal, the guy that we met when we met back to Veripol. Right. Lord Nathandam knows him. Lord Nathandam backed him to go to Veripol in the first place. Hold on. And Gorvanal worked with the Whispered Ones. Now he does. The thing is, Lord Nathandam was surprised when I mentioned that Gorvanal went back at all. Anyways, after that, I assured him that Gorvanal didn't get what was really down there. And I made an oblique reference to the thing that happened after the dragons and giants. And he responded with, oh, so you're talking about the Age of Silence, to which I've never heard before is a whole new thing. And I went along with it because that's what you would do. So I go along with it to figure out more information. And then he starts promising me power infinite and like beyond my understanding and wealth immeasurable, like all of the creature comforts. At this point, the second woman comes up. Oh, it, it seems my friend is rather occupied. I don't have a partner, however. She holds a hand out towards you. He's taken, leave. Roll intimidation. 14. She kind of looks taken aback. Apologies. Turns and walks away in a little bit of a huff. He started offering me power infinite and beyond my understanding and pulled out these black scrolls that Nissa is holding. In exchange for the amulet? No, in exchange for, like, me promising not to tell literally anyone aside from him about it. On pain of death. Okay, and then what happened? I tried to deflect and ask for further assurances to get more information, and he replied with the whole... Okay, listen, I've read Bastan's plays, and they're very melodramatic, but his speech was just right out of them. Do you know the powers that I serve? Like, you will submit, and the whole thing. At that point, Zolas called out, and then the rest of you followed, and I'm super thankful. Was that you? Did he decide to follow out of just the goodness of his heart, or did you ask him? Because either way, super helpful. I told him to wait 10 minutes. Thank you so much. This is why we work together. All right, and now, Nissa, you got those scrolls. Yep. And you guys went and looked at them with Zolas. What did you find? They are magical. One was blank. I didn't look at the other ones, and that's it. It's very possible we could just lock you into a deal with, like, a devil or something. So either A, he's a shape-shifting demon from another plane of existence. We have dealt with that before. Or B, he's just a really greedy noble who's calling on magic powers for his own benefit. So for the DM, we've talked about magical contracts before. You've discussed them because of Bai. You know they exist. These scrolls, are these in any way familiar to me, I guess is what I'm asking. Make an arcana check. 26. 100% these are magically binding contracts. Considering that you have not seen them, the description of them. They're not inherently evil. No, but the construction of them is most likely something from fiendish origin. Okay. Which, if it's a contract, means devil. Is there any assurance that he would even hold up his end of the bargain? Well, if he signs a magical contract, yes. But he was having me sign it first. Yeah, I know. That's not a great deal. No. Good. I'm glad Zolas came along when he did. Okay. I wonder who the other contracts are for. I'll have to look at them later, I guess. We could leave now, but I feel like it might be useful to get a look inside his head. I won't know that it succeeds, but here's the other thing. 
I could use my ability to try to overwhelm his defenses if I stay here for the hour and I'm able to like invade his mind, but it means I can't communicate telepathically with all of you until I rest. Do it. We got the earrings. Then we've got, you know, another like 50 minutes to kill. I grab another apple tart, but... Are you okay? I'm contemplating it right now. I'm, I'm scared. This is not the game I signed up for when I came here. I thought we were going to be dealing with politics, not any more of this interplanar, ancient evil nonsense that... Oh, I totally thought this was going to happen. Yeah, on some level you knew because you showed him the amulet. Or you suspected. Is it wrong that I was hoping that he was just a greedy so-and-so? I thought it was just a hustle, not like an ancient evil conspiracy. I was just hoping that things would be a little simpler, just once. That's not our lives anymore, let's be honest. Yeah. What happened to my life? You became friends with somebody who's like 311 years old and was going to be executed by his people. Aren't you ballroom dancing right now? What's that lady saying to Akiva as they dance? Uh, so, tell me more about uh, your your friend there. He's, I heard his name was Shannon. His name is Shannon. Shannon Whitecliffe. Yeah, I, I believe I caught that at some point. Uh, his father is uh, Jack Whitecliffe, yes? So you've heard of his parents, then? My family lives on the uh, northern edge of the Fremer Empire, and his father has done great work for the expansion. I'm going to say, uh, Anissa, thank you for risking so much by going to get those. What I did? Did your job work out? I, yeah, I did what I came here to do. Well, then we're doing great. We're incredibly successful right now. Look how awesome we are. Everything is like spinning plates. Everything is spinning. You sound very tense right now. Are you okay? <laughs> I might be regretting sending you on your own. It seems like you acquitted yourself well. I got the job done. Isn't that good enough? Yes, it just seems like things could have gone wrong. And I don't know if he would have made the same offer if I wasn't alone. Scriv, you notice at one point Fabian is speaking to the head of the Stonemore household. Okay. And after a few moments, while it's all dancing, she goes onto the dance floor. And, you know, this is all throughout your conversation. And you notice she seems to have moved over to the entrance to the Great Hall and seems to turn and uh, walk towards the direction of the Nathandom wing. The Stonemore leader is leaving. She was nervous when I was talking with Lord Nathandom, and now she's leaving to the Nathandom wing. She might be going to check on the paperwork. If we go over there, it will raise way more suspicion than not doing anything. Can I point out that if we do nothing, if someone is to be blamed, we now have a scapegoat? Yeah. I mean, if she goes to check on the paperwork and the paperwork is missing, then she's not a scapegoat. That means someone else has been in the room besides you since Fabian left. And he followed us. Never mind. You're right. I need to work on this espionage thing. Lots of layers. And Nissa, you have the scrolls, right? Oh yeah, that's safe. Well, they're not on you, Scriff, so in case he does try to claim you did something. Can you do that hiding thing you do? I can certainly try. It doesn't help if there's a physical search, but yeah, I'll take them. By about this point, Darwin approaches you and goes, how is everything proceeding along? Is Akiva back yet? Yeah, Akiva is back yet. We got some stuff to tell you. Nod very nervously. Oh, let me start. May I proceed with my plan to push the king to make me the head of the household? Is it safe to do so? I think you're good. We got you in favor uh, with the queen. So I think at the very least she will be backing you. And then the evidence that he had on you was fake. So the whole thing was fake? Yes. I should proceed according to plan, and if you wish to inform me of more, we can speak later in a quieter setting. Or Zolas can fill you in. 
He's just like, I got it. We'll talk later. And he's like, all right. I feel like there are things to be concerned of, but I will proceed. And he goes up towards the dais. Is there anything else you guys would like to talk about? We still have a while to go before I'm through this hour. Schmoozing and promoting. Gotta fight about that bard situation, I guess. We gotta talk to the traversal expert. Yeah. I guess Grim and Blanda can go talk to the traversal expert. Do Akiva and Nissa want to go investigate the bard off? <laughs> sure. So, Scriven and Belinda are going to talk to the traversal expert. Akiva's looking for the bard. Scriv, Belinda, you notice someone who was not announced entering into the Great Hall, being escorted quietly by a couple of guards along the edge. This person is wearing long, dark, simple robes, hood pulled low over his face. Scriv, you can tell the barest hints of what looks like a mask. That seems super suspicious. Telepathy hand signal to Belinda. Do you see who I see? Tony, can I infer who this is? As you guys kind of approach, you notice the face turns and it is an elven mask, intricately designed, and it does seem like what you've heard. I'll say telepathy to Scriv. I think that's Thoven Arbor Shade. Belinda, as you have spent over an hour Within 30 feet of Fabian, he has failed all three saves, and I can send you his memories. Great. Unfortunately, I cannot telepathically share them all with the group right now, but I can telepathically share with Scriv, since we're together right now. So I will just share what you gave me. First one, Fabian is informed by one of the Nathandom servants that he has received the gift he was waiting for. After traveling to his office, he unwraps a small package that holds a small jewelry box which contains a ring with a ruby red gem. The note says to bring the ring when they next meet and is signed by the Procurer. Next memory. Fabian meets with Umrog Stonemore after spending most of the day with his tailor. Umrog mentions that progress is continuing, though there were of course halts in Chorton's Ridge. The manor in Aspenbrook is prepared for guests. Umrog also asks if there's any progress on the holdup in Oakheart. Fabian says he is unsure if that avenue should still be explored. Fabian spends most of his time enjoying the luxuries of his estate and has several meetings with Darwin to push him and continue to promote the Nathandom family name. Fabian lets Umrag Stonemore know that he may have found a new source for their special artifacts. Umrag asks if Fabian was careful and seems somewhat upset that Shannon was allowed into the office. Fabian says any threats towards him could be diverted because the scrolls could not be traced to him specifically. Umrag appears more upset by this and storms off. That ties in, by the way, with Scriv noticing Umrag talking with Fabian near the entrance hall and turning and leaving. I guess we'll piece this together more later, but for now, we know this connects with several things we've already been involved with. And it confirms that the Stonemore-like invoice that we got is worth something. And that it's real. Yeah. Well... That means we have more information that they don't know we have. So I will say, Scriv and Belinda, you see who you believe to be Thoven Arbershade being escorted up to the dais to speak with the king as you are we're heading towards the Salonans. Is that something we should be worried about? Thoven being here? Him talking privately with the king. I think he often talks privately with the king. He's one of the most powerful people in the entire realm, so it makes sense. It's also, you know, good optics for the king. Who doesn't want to look cool by having Thovin Arborshade, you know, hang with them. Okay, I guess he wouldn't want to be announced and attract a bunch of attention. No, but I'm pretty sure most of the people here know who he is. Maybe he'll be around after we talk to the traversal expert. Man, I don't have my game board with me. It's okay, we'll see if it comes up naturally. 
we'll see what happens. Let's go over and talk to this friendly elf. Yeah. Okay. So you guys are walking over to the salon of representatives. Two of them are women. One is the male traversal expert. The male traversal expert has short, wavy brown hair, brown eyes, and soft, sunburned golden skin. All of their clothes seem to shift and change color, kind of based off of their motions. So you approach, then they all look up as you approach. Good evening. Hello. Who's addressing us? The traversal expert. Seems like you're all enjoying the feast. It is an elegant ball. Can I help you? We were uh, wondering if you would have some time to speak regarding a few things. We're interested in going to Solana at some point. We thought we would come directly to the best source. And you were hoping that I might be able to assist you in getting there and returning with us, perhaps? Well, I didn't know what your plans were. What is your interest and where in Solana do you wish to go? Well, we're interested in learning more about the culture. Neither of us have been before, and we think that there might be some historical references that would be advantageous to us. We're continuing to do research on the, you know, missing deities. Well, I don't know how much you might find other missing deities in Solana, but there are many places in our kingdom. You'll have to be a bit more specific on the location. Do you mean our capital or somewhere else? I thought it'd be the best place to start as, you know, a center of learning and culture. Well, it would take you some time to acquire the appropriate paperwork and necessary permissions to see the library, but... Who would we need to get permissions from? Oh, you would have to speak to the head representatives of our great historical museums. Okay, but there isn't like a public record or publicly available library? You just keep information secret? Honestly, paperwork is sort of our specialty. We're happy to go through the proper channels to acquire permission. Excellent. I mean, it should take no more than a few days to have things all wrapped up, assuming there are no previous issues amongst you. No, I, I don't know about any previous issues. Do you know about any previous issues? No, we're both actually ensigns for the Remer Empire, so we've been thoroughly vetted. By the Remer Empire, yes. Of course. But I'm sorry, I'm sure you are rather tired and and enjoying a chance to recover after the exertions of, you know, traveling to the Abyss. Oh, yes, you were the retrieval team. I'm sorry, I couldn't quite place you. Ah, that's quite all right. It's been a busy couple of hours. Sorry, and I realize we did speak briefly, but I I suppose maybe introductions are in order. Uh, I'm Belinda Walsingham. And I'm Shannon Whitecliffe. Finare Sharondolan. Finare Sharondalam. Your pronunciation could use a little bit of work, but that is close enough. When do you plan to return to Solana? We'll be leaving in two days. I guess you're not planning to see the sights of the Remer Empire then? We were here for the past 15 days, waiting for the ball to honor our assistance in this expedition. Well, I hope it has been time well spent for you. We have enjoyed your city. It is quite lively. Everybody rushing about. So, you're planning to return. I suppose you're not coming back to the Empire anytime soon. It would be more returning home for you. Indeed. Where exactly would you be traveling back to? We'd be traveling to just outside of Halimian. Well, that capital is where we would like to go. Very well. It'll take some time, of course, to get your... I assume you have Empire paperwork? Uh, Yes, of course. We can produce any documentation you require. As long as you are... Citizens of the Empire, not of any outlying 
little towns of any of the kingdoms, you should have no problem being visitors within our capital. What would we need to do to prepare besides the documentation side of things? Primarily the documentation side of things. Our city has all that you could possibly require. I will be honest, we're still making our travel plans. We're trying to determine which would be the best location to travel to first for our research purposes, so we probably will decide that shortly. How could we contact you? We are actually staying at Zoxiara's Academy of the Arcane at the moment. It's a lovely place. It is an adequate academy. It's only the biggest magical academy I've ever seen, but yeah, you know, it's quaint. I mean, yes, of course. I'm looking forward to seeing Solana and the heights of its majesty. I would like a persuasion check from both of you really quickly. Or one with advantage. 20. All right, well, please feel free to contact me at Zoxiara's. And just to remind you, Finare Sharondalan. Try to say it a bit more appropriately. I I fear that they would not be able to find me if you don't say my name correctly. I'm pretty sure we could describe you physically as well. You really do stand out. A pleasure to meet the both of you. A pleasure. We'll take our leave. Jumping over to Akiva and Nissa. As you guys are getting up from the table, Nissa, you feel something skitter down your arm and look down to see Oscar is going for some of the treats on the table. Your pet mouse. Is he supposed to be out right now? I mean, no, he probably shouldn't, babe. He has snagged some custard. You want to leave him to, to eat food and cause a commotion, don't you? Pretty much, yeah. I have no issues with that. Just be careful. I would imagine these nobles are hoity-toity and would try to hurt him. Yeah, kind of afraid of that. I'll give him two minutes. Just, just two minutes. Just... Okay. So Oscar is enjoying some food. We will stand up and go talk to the musicians. Nissa, you'll notice as Oscar's kind of scampering around, an older gnome woman actually comes up and, Hello, little thing. Offers him... Like a little bit of bread. Scampers up to her hand. Oh, is he yours? He, he is, yes. Oh, he's a cute thing. He's cute. I like keeping him around. I should probably put him away, though, I guess. Most of the other nobles don't tend to like rodents, but I think they're cute. I used to have one myself. I, well, I'll go and see if I can visit some of little critters in the low hills every so often. There are a lot in the low hills. <laughs> also, you should be careful in that area. Oh, I'm fine. This woman is about your height, Nissa, graying with hints of light brown in her hair, braided back, light brown eyes that seem to be fading a little bit, wearing some simple, fine clothes, nothing extravagant, a few simple greens and reds and such. Have I met you? I don't believe so. <laughs> Probably just remind me of someone. Ah, and she holds a head up. Sorry, Lily, a pleasure to meet you. Hi, I'm Nissa. I'll shake a hand. Nissa, that's a lovely name. You remind me of a, a friend of mine I knew a long time ago, and he's been traveling for some time. I haven't seen him in several years, but a good sort. You look a little like him. Sorry, I don't mean to imply anything by that. Just my eyes aren't what they used to be, you know. I, I used to be a lot more perceptive of things. I definitely could spot most things, but uh, it comes with age. Are you from here or are you from further afield? Lived here all my life. All 300 almost years now. Yeah. You've survived that long in Orenthal. Well done. Huh. Lived through the cataclysm and all that. Wow. Her, her eyes kind of like drift off for a minute, by the way. Huh. Long time ago. You, you must have a lot of stories. 
Oh, plenty. I mean, but most people... I can be kind of a talker when I start getting going, and if I start getting going, sometimes people don't always get me to stop. I mean, well, actually, a lot of times people can get me to stop. They eventually just stop me because I don't really stop talking a lot. But uh, I mean, I tend to ramble a bit, and people don't like that. And they usually like it when I get to the point of things. But sometimes just getting to the point is not as much fun if you don't capture all of the detail in everything. And you really need to capture the detail in such things. But I, I mean, I'm rambling, aren't I? A little. <laughs> I see what you mean. To be honest, I have the opposite problem. I have trouble getting going, but slightly different for a gnome. Most gnomes, I think, are a little like you. They like to talk. My, my friend's not much. <laughs> He's more the quiet type. That's why I saw a quiet gnome and thought, eh, reminds me of Gerbo. Ah, that's your friend. Is he still around? No, he, he was traveling many years back, and I haven't seen him in quite a bit. I'm sorry. Spent a lot of his time in Solana, apparently, in those last few years that I saw him, but he's always busy. <laughs> always doing stuff. Doesn't always tell me. Maybe because I'm a bit of a blabbermouth. But we were always good friends. I'm glad you managed to remain friends for so long. I may be traveling to Solana soon, possibly. I don't know if he's still there, if you want me to try and make contact. Oh, if you happen to hear of... Uh, it's it's Gerbo Garrick. Okay. No, it's been years, but if you happen to hear anything of him, I would love to hear news of how he's doing and how his life has been and if he's doing anything that I can help with, because I'd love to help. If I find anything out, I'll, I'll let you know. I'd love to hear some stories from you someday. Yeah. I spend a lot of time at the, the Nickel Granger Tavern, if you ever want to stop by there. Yeah, sure, I'll come look you up. Good. It's, uh, I don't uh, Are you from the city? Yeah. Oh, so you probably know where it is. Okay. But yeah, I, I'm I'm there most nights. Okay, I, I'll, I'll come find you and I'll, I'll make sure I bring Oscar. She kind of looks down like, oh, he's a little cutie. Look at the little thing. Well, I shouldn't keep you. You looked like you were about to go. My friend's waiting for me, so yeah, it, it was nice to meet you, though. Uh, pleasure to meet you, too. Bye, Nissa. Bye. So you scurry off. So, who would you going to look for first, Akiva? Would you be looking for the current bard or the promising bard? We hear about the from the current bard first. So, you ask around a little bit. You have a good enough persuasion. You uh, are able to find, with a few violinists uh, over in the corner, a male rock gnome who is kind of conducting things. It's Oriver. Short, wavy brown hair, gray eyes, smooth gray skin, nearly four feet tall. Hello. Can I help you? Good evening. I've heard there's been some goings-on between you and another applicant to be the bard. I thought I would come and help. You know, I'm something of a musician myself. Oh, I, I heard your title when you entered. The Phantom Illusionist, yes, you do street performances. Yes. That's excellent. I started off at doing several street performances, worked my way up through the various taverns, and made my way here. Yes, I'm just starting out myself. That's lovely. Are you looking for to be an applicant within the band here? I wanted to hear more about what happened between you and this applicant. It seemed it was quite a disturbance, and a friend of mine asked me to look into it. Oh, I, are you talking about Fira? I believe so. They didn't give me a name. <sighs> well, she is trying to essentially take my position, and I have earned my right within the court, and that is that. What is she trying to do? Is it more 
She's just trying to oust you entirely? She is trying to take my position within the court. I believe I have earned my rights. I have worked my way up here. I've listened to you the whole night, and I can say that, yes, you have quite earned the right to be here. Thank you. Glad someone appreciates my work. My mother's point is so you can catch up. Is it just that she's applying for your position? Is she trying to accost you in any way? Threaten you to back down or otherwise? Roll persuasion. 21. She's making claims that I acquired my position through promiscuous means. Ah, so she is implying that you bought your way to your position with your body. I have done no such thing. We are not implying you have. I just wanted to get the facts straight that are being claimed. Well, I have my position, and this Fira has no claim to it. She has no proof on the matter. We can look into this for you. There is no need. We're looking into this as a personal favor to Oliver Ashglade. Well, that is fine, but you do not need to pursue it any further. I have my position, and she has her word. That is all. It's causing discourse, and I know he would sleep better if it's resolved. Who is she claiming you slept with? I don't know. I pay no attention to such claims. We're going to go speak to her, so we'll hear it one way or another. I did not hear who it was she claimed. That is all I needed to know. Thank you very much for your time. We will go speak to her, and we will get this matter sorted out. Do what you want. Enjoy the rest of your evening if we do not speak further. Pardon, but you bring up unpleasant things that I would rather avoid discussing. I apologize for the inconvenience, but I'm doing it as a favor. So, sorry not sorry. And we walk away! Alright, so you guys are looking for Fira right now? Yes. Belinda... And Scriv, what are you guys up to? If we don't have anything else pressing, there is something that was bugging me. So when we were going to go talk to Lord Nathandom, there is this guy trying to sell obviously fake real estate on behalf of the Badirs, and it sounded like a really bad con. Really? Yeah. His name was Rowan? Oh, pat myself down for a bit, and I... You don't have it. Nissa has it. You see them walking towards Zolus, seeming to... about to ask him something. I pull on my earring. Nissa, do you have that contract? Oh, the one from Super Dodgy Guy earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need it? Yeah. Okay, hang on. If I get the papers and go across and give them, can I at the same time try and pop the ring that I picked up into Belinda's pocket or bag if she has one? Quietly. I'd indicate, like, telepathy? So you're walking over and you do that hand signal to Belinda, who has to speak one-on-one with you now. Something up, Nissa? I picked this up in Fabian's office. Could you take a look at it for me? It seemed important to him, but I think he just got it. I'm wondering if somebody else had it for him. There's just something about it, if you could take a look at it for me. Sure. So she is mage-handing it to you. Okay. Nissa, you do a quick little cast of mage-hand. Give Scriv the papers as an item is deposited into your pocket. Because you don't have bags. I'll wait till I have a private opportunity to study it. Thanks, Nissa. Belinda and I are going to go and figure out what's going on with this. Good luck. I kind of point my chin over to Pasha Kiva posing. How's all that going? That boy's got some sass. I'm liking it. <laughs> okay. As you guys are watching, you see a human woman making a beeline for Akiva. Well, we'll let you get back. Ooh, gotta go. Bye. <laughs> so, Akiva. Before you actually get the chance to really talk to Zolas, because you did hear over the earring what was being asked. So you see Nissa scurry off and you know she's going to hand over some papers. As that's happening, a 
Human woman, short curled red hair, cyan eyes, and silky chocolate skin, with two piercings on her lip, comes up and kind of, like, taps you really quickly. Yes. You were speaking to Oliver? What do you say about me? What lies is that... Uh, I deserve that position. I was guaranteed that position until he bought his way in. Well, hello, Fira. I'm not assume you've heard about me. What is he saying about me? He's saying that you said he slept with somebody to get the position he has. I said no such thing. I said he bought his way in. Okay, that is an entirely different story from what he's saying. I understand that he has earned his position. Why do you want it? He didn't earn it. We are both up for the same position. It should have been given to me. I knew it was supposed to be given to me, but he then suddenly swoops in out of nowhere, and it's his position, and I'm being ostracized. How did you know it was supposed to be given to you? One of the nobles told me I was a shoe-in for it. Okay. Which noble? Karak Berdir. He said the position was mine, they were just going to talk over a few logistics, and all of a sudden, Oriver gets the position. Okay. Well... Here's a novel idea. Why can't you two share it? There's only one person that can be in charge of the entertainment for the king. You can't take turns. I'm gonna go speak to Lord Badir, but this seems very petty. You know, I saw your performances. She turns and walks away. So I will go speak to Karak Badir. Wow, rude much. These nobles are so snooty. Why do you think I hate them so? I mean, <laughs> they're great. It's like they're squabbling children. Right! I swear, if we were back home, they'd be put on guard duty or hunting duty just for arguing like this. So it seems that in her story, he bribed his way to the top via Karak Badir. It's looking that way? I guess we'll go talk to him, see what it is. I guess. I don't know why they can't just share it. We'll see if maybe we can convince him to do that. I keep hearing all this, I earned this position. Shouldn't it be about talent? Like, who plays the best? Ugh, I don't know. We'll see what happened. So we will go try and find Croc Badir. Make a persuasion check. 18. Okay, so that's going to take you guys a little bit. Jumping over to Belinda and Scriff. I am looking over this documentation, just double checking that it says what I thought it said. Yep. Talks about owning a parcel of land that is not currently within the bounds of the Vermeer Empire, but Rowan was saying that will be soon. So what's our desired outcome here? Making sure that they're not selling land that they don't actually own and sending a bunch of innocent people out to the wilderness to die. So we'd like to end this con permanently. Yes. Okay. I think we can get to that outcome. How scorched earth do you want to go? Like, do you want him arrested or you just want him to stop? If we just arrest him, someone else is going to take up the con. Maybe not with the Badirs, maybe with someone else. Or they're just going to improve the con itself. So if there is a way we could eliminate it. That would leave with the option of making an example of him. You can't eliminate the opportunity for people to do a con except for by making it public and known. I want to make an example of him. Well, there's a few ways we could do that. Probably the most proper way would be through legal channels. And you just so happen to know a mediator. We do. I mean, we also have to double check to make sure that the Badirs aren't actually doing this. Yeah, I think we could vet his story pretty efficiently. I will say, by the way, nothing on the paper says anything about Badirs. Yeah. Has his name, not the Badirs. Well, so I think we could vet his story. I wouldn't be surprised if he's just in this on his own and using the cachet of a noble name to give himself credibility. 
I mean, there's no way to confirm that sort of thing, right? That they are not involved? If they were to be involved, would a piece of paper like this have their seal on it? Would it have anything? Seems unlikely. My best guess is he's banking on no one really vetting what he's doing because you seem to pick up on it being a scam pretty quickly. He's looking for the lowest common denominator. And, well, look around us. I'm assuming I can quickly look over the paperwork as we're looking to just chat with Rowan. Yeah. And before we go into the conversation, I had him believe that I was a very interested buyer, which means that I guess you could be my legal counsel in double-checking this. Well, we could try to continue fooling him about who we are, or we could just be upfront about what we actually are trying. I want to see how deep the rabbit hole goes, honestly. He seems to be like the lowest tier of this con. Maybe there are other people who are doing this in a coordinated effort. Or he is the whole con since he had one copy of this paper. That's okay. Let's find out if he has a network. It doesn't take you too long, but you're able to find Rowan with his long, straight brown hair, blue eyes, and very long mustache. Rowan! Well, hello. How are you doing? I'm doing quite all right. I was thinking about the deal, and I decided to confer with some legal counsel. Oh, is this one of your other partners? Yes. I know you're trying to get the sharpened quill on the map. And buying land is an easy way to get you on the map. Ha. Good joke, Rowan. Rowan Glory Buff, pleasure to meet you. Uh, Rowan, hi, I'm Belinda. It's a pleasure to make your acquaintance. I'm really interested in learning more details about this venture. I heard it was a great opportunity, but I need to talk specifics with you. It's absolutely fantastic. I've got the... the Starts to pat his pockets. Rowan? I must have put the paperwork down somewhere. I apologize about that. I'll see if I can get you another copy soon, but I can at least tell you what I know. We're looking at prime real estate that is going to be within the borders of the Vermeer Empire. The Vermeer expansion is continuing southwards up to the Kasim Desert. You know, there's nothing worth in the desert to expand to. Yes, yes. I'm pretty familiar with the geography of the realm. I have some questions about how you acquired this land. Do you have other investors? We have a few other people that we're talking to. You had mentioned the Badirs, right? <laughs> kind of like signals you to hush hush. Oh, right, 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 right. We got people who are giving us information on newly acquired territories. That's a small down payment to get the land. The land's yours for copper on the gold for what you have. Yes, and aside from the financial opportunity, why should I buy from you, Rowan? Because I can get you on it while it's still cheap. If you wait until it's permanently within the territory of the Vammer Empire, it's going to be a lot more expensive for you. And am I to assume you have connections at court to help you understand when this might be happening? I have the right connections. I can easily settle things out. That It would be no problem. I have to say, it all seems very positive on a superficial level, but I'm not hearing a lot of specifics, Rowan. Well, what do you want to know? Where are you getting the land from? Might have a few nobles that have already purchased the land, started to set aside the area for when the Vremer Empire expands out that way. Have you been to the south by the Kasim Desert at all? No, it's the desert. To the south of the Vremer Empire, before the Kasim Desert. Hold on a second. I'm gonna pull out just a quill and a napkin. I'm gonna just sketch out a quick map. Okay, on this map, where are we looking? Alright, so you're looking, and he'll gesture to, uh... This massive crag that had formed after the cataclysm and gesture above the north of the crag there. Now that's the area currently unoccupied by the Vremer Empire. 
There's a lot of devastation, but they're reclaiming the area. They're making pushes to get the Vremer Empire back to its original glory in that area. I go hold the napkin up for a bit and kind of focus on that piece of real estate like I'm honestly considering. Uh, I'll do quick telepathy to, to script. I don't think this guy has anything besides himself in this scam. There is literally nothing there. That is just a cliff. It is a cliff with rocks. So a slight thing, Valen would have mentioned, Blackwater Rill, where he's from, is where that crag is. And he said, it's basically devastated land. It's a ghost town, right? His place is just whoever lived there before still lives there now and are still rebuilding. Anything within that area north of the Qasim Desert, like right north where he's gesturing to, is basically dead land. Yeah, I think I'm going to go ahead and do my forceful query. So I have to ask a question that he can see or hear, and it has to be a yes or no, and he has to make a wisdom saving throw. So I ask the question, and then you see if he makes the save. And the question is, are you working on this alone? No. I'm kind of like, I, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I told you about you know, my, my informant, but he kind of like shakes his head confused. I'll tell back the stage script. Apparently he's not working on this alone. There is more to it. And this, I got the information from, you know, the source we talked about. Okay. I have a friend who actually came from that area, and he said that it's a lovely place, the way that the rocks just shine on the sunrise over the ridge. Make a deception check. I will use one of my superiority die. Silver tongue time. 16. Oh, so you have friends in the area. Uh, that, I mean, that's good. I'm glad he says such good things about, uh, about the area. Yeah, it's lovely. I'm definitely interested. So, Rowan, if we were looking to make a sizable investment, I would need to speak to, you know, the other people who were involved, or at least one person. I'm the main contact. Now, I get my information. I'm just the salesperson in this. I know. You've made a great sales pitch. Wonderful. Truly, really. If you managed to convince Belinda, then obviously, like, you've done your job. Kind of, like, whispers real low. Karak doesn't want to be a part of this. He just gives the information. And, of course, I give him a cut when any deals are done. But he's who we would actually be making the deal with, ultimately, not you. I mean, you're making the deal with me. But you don't own the land. I'm able to work things for you. Your name wouldn't be on the paperwork we sign. If I had the paperwork on me, it would be my name on it. Might be backed by House Badir. All right, Rowan, if you're able to find this paperwork before the end of the night, then maybe we'll have a deal. But if you don't have it, then I'm sorry. I'm going to have to side with Belinda on this. She's the most sensible of our group. If I can convince you, and I'll bring back the paperwork before the end of the night. I just gotta, I, I gotta go find it, all right? Or we could speak with Karak. Roll persuasion. 25. If you really want to talk to him, he might not say what he knows right away, because, you know, he's trying to keep this quiet. But he's here at the ball. Of course. He'll be over, and he'll gesture towards the far end of the room where you see Akiva and Nissa slowly making their way towards, after having talked to people, he's just over by the Badir table there. Should we mention your name if we go speak to him, or...? Just might want to keep it quiet. I mean, my name might help a bit, but... I will put a hand on his shoulder. Rowan, I am the soul of discretion. Alright, well, I'm gonna go find that paperwork for you, so we can get things all settled and squared away and get the sharpened quill some real good land. Rowan, thank you. It is my absolute pleasure. He's going to look like he's trying not to hurry away, but is hurrying away. And that is where we're going to leave this episode for today. 
Thank you all for listening. Please share this with your friends and follow us on Twitter at Rules As Written or check out our website, dndraw.com. And feel free to email any questions to the DM at dm at dndraw.com. Also, subscribe and leave us a review or comment anywhere podcasts are found. And please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw. And remember, always make good decisions. If you enjoy the adventures of our characters in Ostia and our show about the rules for 5th edition, support us on Patreon. For just $1 a month, you will get exclusive content and updates. If you're interested in a look behind the curtain of how we keep track of all of our quests, we are going to be releasing our players' to-do list document for each session to all patrons going forward. This includes our plans for which characters need to have a heart-to-heart, what letters are they writing to family at home, and which NPCs can't be trusted. Beyond that, higher tiers get DMs notes, bloopers from our episodes, and to add an item or NPC to a D&D Raw episode. So we want to give a special shout out to our Adventure Tier and Above patrons. So thank you Waldron, Carol Morris, William McCracken, Ryan Rea Vermette, Mike C, Naked and Afraid, Feral Joe, Jeremy Kleinons, and a Linux fan. We are especially grateful to our producer tier patrons who listen to our audio before anyone else to give feedback and shape the final episode. We want to give a special thanks to Christopher Reinhardt for serving as a producer on this episode. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw.